Well, amen. Take your Bibles go to Mark, Mark chapter 11. I really appreciate everybody being here. Uh, it's a privilege to be, just be part of this. Uh, I never want anybody to think that, uh, I don't think that. I think it's, I think it's a blessing. I remember, I'll mention a couple of these things here in a few minutes. You don't know a whole lot about me, and you really don't need to know a whole lot about me. Uh, what you need to do is know more about him. And young people, I tell you what, I love every single one of you. You don't even know how much. We wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you. It has nothing to do with us. It has to do with you. Uh, I think in this world that your opportunities for success are diminishing rapidly. And the, the world wants you to see all this stuff out here. And it's robbing you of some of the greatest things that you could ever have. And the greatest thing you could ever have is a walk with Jesus Christ. Now, I was 22 years old when I got saved. I know what it's like to be lost. I understand what it's like to be lost. I know what it's like to get saved, and I know what it's like to get, live a life for Jesus Christ. Some of you, you're not there quite yet. You're still in the cooker, let's say. You're learning, and, and you think that the world may have something for you that's a little bit better. It's, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than Jesus Christ. I don't, need, I don't need anything this world has to offer. I never needed anything this world had to offer. What I need is to have Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter, take your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 11. I better get there myself. I only got a few minutes because we've got to get Dr. Peacock up here. That's what we got to do. Mark chapter 11. I just like my Bible, man. I mean, I've liked it since the day I got saved. This has never been, uh, this, this book has been more precious to me. Uh, the Lord took a couple of years to get me to understand that this Bible's Word of God. Uh, I'll tell you what, you don't need a Bible education to know the King James Bible's Word of God. You need Jesus Christ. What everybody tries to do is say, don't, 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 don't. Don'ts don't work. I'm telling you, they don't work. They didn't work for me, they aren't going to work for you. You know what's going to work for you? Dr. Roman always said, I love him, man. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you start valuing that relationship with Jesus Christ more than you value your life, what you're going to find out is that thing will guide and direct you through this life. Yeah. You know, uh, Mark chapter 11, I better shut up. I, just, I could go off. <laughs> How do you stop talking about him? Yeah. Really. Mark chapter 11, verse 1. And when, now Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. He, his, his triumphant entry, he, he starts his thing in here. And, and he's coming in and he wants to come in. And as a matter of fact, he wants to come into your life, by the way. But you know what? There's some things we got to do sometimes to get him in. And, and if once you get him in, he never gets out. It says, verse 1, it says, And when they came nigh to Bethany, uh, nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethany, and Bethany, at the Mount of Olivet, he sent forth two of his disciples and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you enter in into it, you shall find a colt tied whereon uh, never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send you hither. And they went their way. Guess what? And they found a colt tied by, by the door within a place where two ways met. And they loosed him. And, as, and certain of them, that's a plurality there. There's a couple of them guys. That stood there said unto them, "Why do ye this loosen his coat?" They said unto the, uh, uh, they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go, and they brought the coat to Jesus and cast their garments upon him, and he sat upon him. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, thank you for a week. What a wonderful week it's been. Lord, thank you for all these young people. Lord, I just pray that you touch some of their hearts. Lord, I know you're not done yet. 
Uh, you're never going to be finished, uh, Lord, until you take us out of here, Lord. Who knows when that's going to be? Could be tonight, Lord. It could be a week from now. It could be 10 years from now. Who knows? But, Lord, until you do, you're not done yet, Lord. I just pray now that you'd bless the services tonight. Thank you for just a privilege, Lord, of being here at a camp with a bunch of young people. And, Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts. Use them, Lord. Use them for your honor and your glory. And we'll praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, now Jesus is sitting here, and, and he's got a couple of disciples. I thank God for that. You've been hearing preaching all week. And some of it's been pretty rough. And I'm telling you what, you need that. You need that. You need to know there's a heaven and a hell. Anything outside that, you can throw out those stinking window. It's not worth having. You need to know that your life is guided by a God that knows, hey, there's a donkey sitting out there somewhere. I know where it is. Trust me. Just go do what I tell you to do. You know what the world wants you to do? The world wants you to do what they want you to do. I learned a long time ago in 1980 on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, actually before that, that I don't have to listen to this world. This world had no answers for me. I'm that donkey, by the way. I was sitting at a, at, a, at a crossroads where two places met, and I didn't know what to do. I just sit there, and I sit there, and I sit there. You know, the Lord knew I was there, and he sent some, a couple of disciples to come and get me. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to use me. He wants to use you. He wants to use every single one of us. There's not a person alive that he doesn't want to use. The question is, are you going to let him use you? You know what he taught me real quick when I first got saved? That there's always two ways. His way and the world's way or your way. And I'm like, I don't want to go my way. At 22, I knew my way wasn't any good anymore. I was tired of having guns in my face. I was tired of going through drug deals that didn't work right. I'm tired of seeing people get hurt. I'm tired of that kind of life. I knew what that was. Some of you haven't got there. Dr. Peacock mentioned some of that stuff last night. Brother Reagan talked about some of that stuff. That's life. I wish we didn't have to get to that place where we hate that kind of life before we want to do something for Jesus Christ. But boy, I thank God that he never forgot that I was tied up at a place where two ways were and I didn't know what to do. And that he still has some men that would go out and get that donkey. That's me. That's me. I'm the donkey, man. I'm bad. I don't even know how to sound like a donkey. I don't know if I want to say I just look like one. I, I, there's another name for a donkey, but if I say it, y'all might get offended, and, and I don't want to offend anybody. There was two men there that went out. Boy, the Lord had a couple of disciples. Uh, you should never get upset with preaching. I've heard people say, well, he was preaching right at me. Thank God for that, man. I like it. I like it. The harder they get, the better. I love to hear Dr. Rubin preach. Boy, that guy used to skin people's hide. He never skinned my hide. I just loved it, man. I thought it was great. I mean, my hide was already skinned, so why, why do I care? Just tell me what Jesus said. You know why I love that man? I'll tell you why I love that man. I never saw him. I saw Jesus Christ. He would get up here and draw. Well, I wish I could do that. I, I've never seen it. I've seen a lot of people try to copy that. Boy, they just can't do it. They, they, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just, just on his side all the time. I don't know. Maybe I... Maybe I'm too a, a Ruckmanite. Maybe I'm a Ruckmanite. I don't know. But, but I'd watch him draw, and he'd sit there and draw, and he'd sit back here and tell you this about Jesus. And he'd start to get back up here and draw, and he'd lick his chalk, he'd get it all over his face, and be all over his And his, he'd have that beige, beige suit on, and he'd have different colors chalk all over it. And, and he'd talk to you for a second, he'd go back up. And after a while, all you're looking at is the painting or the chalk talk. You're just looking at the chalk thing, and he'll talk, and, and he could walk behind and keep talking. I've never seen anybody that could do that, by the way. Not like that. And, they, and he said, I never thought about Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. 
I thought about Jesus. You know what's wrong with a lot of us tonight? You're not thinking about anything but something else. You're, you should be thinking about Jesus. 1980, I, I was sitting there, and, and I've tried to quit everything. I tried to do some stuff and just quit it, and, and I quit running around, and I, I said, well, I'll sit at home, and I'll work two jobs a day and work 16 hours a day, and I thought that would solve my problem. That didn't solve it. I was still miserable inside, and, and I'm sitting there, and people, I, you'd hear the word of God, but I wouldn't trust anybody. I had an uncle who's a, a Baptist preacher, and I'd go to ask him some questions, found a little Bible in my attic, started reading it, and said, yeah, I believe that. Born and raised Roman Catholic, and I'm sitting there looking at this thing and said, Lord, I still don't know what to do. And he would send people my way, and they'd tell me something, and I'd listen to them, and I'd go on, and, and I started realizing, I said, Lord, I, I, there's some things that has to change in my life, but I didn't know how to change them. Parents, I'm telling you tonight, with the young kids, you can try everything you want, and you're going to fail if it's not Jesus Christ in the middle of that thing. If that young person doesn't get a hold of Jesus Christ, you can stop them from doing whatever you want to do them, but the time they get away from you, they're going to go do what they want to do. You know what you do? You put Jesus in the mix. And, and the key here isn't that you just put Jesus in the mix. You live it. You know what the problem with most of us is? It's us. We, Jesus came to be my servant. You know what I need to learn how to do is be yours. That's why I like doing this. I don't mind being a servant, man. I don't mind sitting in the background. You'll hear Brother Joe say it from time to time. Oh, my pastor sits in the background. I don't care. It doesn't bother me one bit. I like making sure you have three meals a day so that when you get in here and you get preached at, you may actually hear it. I like that. I like that. I like it when uh, somebody says, well, why don't you preach? I don't need to because you are. <laughs> I don't, why do I need to preach? Sometimes I don't think I can preach anyways, but why should I? If somebody else is getting to work, if I can go on back on the backside here, maybe I got the Martha syndrome, I don't know. If I can get on the backside here and help this other stuff happen so that you guys get to the place where you listen. You know what I'd like to see is everyone. Could you imagine if every one of you would serve Jesus Christ the rest of your life? Now I want to tell you something. I got saved. I was that donkey at the, at the way that two roads met. And I didn't know what to do, and I get saved. And all of a sudden, see, you think you missed something. I'm going to tell you right now, you think you're missing something serving Jesus Christ. You need to stop and listen to some older people. At 12 years old, I wanted to join the Navy. And I messed my finger up at 16 at a, at a party. I messed it up. Couldn't do it. Everybody thought I was crazy. They thought I'd never make it in the Navy. They said, this kid can't make it. He just, he can't do it. He can't do it. But it was in my heart. I mean, it was just, it was down. It's so down. I was lost. In my heart, I want to be a sailor. Don't ask me why. I've seen too many sailor movies or something. I don't know. But I want to be a sailor. And uh, 16, I couldn't do it. And uh, 22, I get saved. And I was born and raised, like I said, Catholic. I was driving down the road after I got saved. And I took my kids to the red light. I can take you to every place God ever done anything for me. And I know he did it right there. I know it was him. It wasn't anybody else. It had to be him. It couldn't have been nobody else. It had to be him. And I'm sitting there going, I'm driving down the road, pressing highway, and I come up to this red light, and something makes me look over here, and here's St. Rita's High School over here where I went to school at as a Catholic. And, and in between me and that school in this parking lot, bittersweet parking lot, is, is a Navy recruiting trailer, and something says, go over there. I didn't know who he was. I mean, I just got saved. I didn't even know what salvation was yet. I said, hey, something says, go over and join. I'm sitting there going, they ain't going to take me in the Navy, man. I done tried to go in the Navy. Tried three times. My fingers messed up. They won't take me. Can't do it. But this thought just kept going through my head. Go over there. I was at a, at a way where two roads met. It's at a red light. And I could have went on down the road and, 
and just done whatever I wanted to do. Or I could listen to that small, still voice that was just overpowering me. <laughs> and I, it was attacking my flesh, too, because I really wanted to go in the Navy. But I, I've already tried three times, and, you know, that third strike, you're out. Man, ain't going to happen. So I go over there, and, and the guy, I, I go in there, and he gives me all the tests, sends me downtown, take all the tests. And, and he said, Mike, you passed the test. You could be anything you want to be in the Navy. I said, no, I can't. And he goes, yes, you can. I said, no, I can't. He goes, uh, yes, you can. I said, no, I can't. He goes, why? I said, that right there. He said, what? What happened? I told him. I said, I tried three times to get in. They wouldn't. They all won't take me. That detailer picked the phone up, or that recruiter picked the phone up and called AFES downtown and said, hey, I got this kid, man. He just passed every test in the whole wide world, <laughs> and he's got a problem. So he puts me on the phone with this guy, and the guy says, what's your problem? I told him. He said, can you get me all the documentations on where that happened in the surgery? I said, sure. They let me in. I got in the Navy. I got to be the ET. I wanted to be three things. I wanted to be an ET. I wanted to be a chief. And I wanted to be in the Navy. I got to be all three of those. I didn't miss anything in life, by the way. God gave me everything I ever wanted. You think you're missing something. You're not. You know what you need to do is you need to get up and do what God tells you to do. You know what's wrong with most people? You sit there and don't do it. Young people, you got these brains in your head, man. You know how much stuff you got that you can do? I didn't think, I, I told the Lord, I remember getting saved on that back porch. I still think that, by the way. I said, hey, you got the wrong guy here. You get a bad deal, by the way. I said, you're giving me everything, and I'm giving you a mess. Did you ever talk to God in the sky? I did. Hey, you're messing up. You know that. He goes, I know what donkey I'm getting. He said, I, I've got asses before, and you're just another one. And he goes, I'll use you if you let me. But you know what he didn't do? I'll tell you what he didn't do. And I told somebody that. He did not tell me in 1980 what he was going to do with me in 2022. What he told me in 1980 is, Mike, you need me. I'm like, yeah. Then shortly thereafter, I'm talking weeks, I go in the Navy. Boy, I'm excited like you wouldn't believe my whole world just that. I mean, it's on track again, man. I got now. I'm doing what I want to do. What do you want to do in life? Is there anything really down in your gut that you want to do? Have you ever thought about taking that to the Lord? Say, Lord, how about this, man? Is this what you want? I would tell you. If you come out and ask me, I'm telling you, the Navy's wicked as hell, man. You go in the Navy, you're out of God's will. Doctor Peacock was telling him one time. He said, "Did you go through?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "God get you through?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Can he get him through?" Uh, I said, "Oh." You have to throw the Lord in this thing. I said, how come every time I talk to you, you throw the Lord in this thing? And he does. He just, he looks at you like with this angel and a halo over his head. I'm like, you think you would actually grow past where you would actually know the answers? And you don't. You know what you need? You need those disciples every now and then to help you. There's been men in my life that's helped me. I remember when I went to boot camp and the senior chief walked up and said, Mike, and I'm looking at everybody like they're a whole lot better than me. And, and I, I got one chance to do something here. And if I don't do it right, I'm going to mess up. And I'm saved, but I don't know everything about the Christian walk. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. And, and, I'm, and the senior chief says, Mike, there's a hole in the boot camp. There's a hole in the back of the fence back here. You can leave it if you want. Uh, they'll come get you, put you in. They'll, boot, they'll eventually boot you out. Uh, or you can just go through and do your time in the Navy. But just do what you're told to do. You know what I realized? The young people, this is an epiphany for you. This is just something just for you. I was in boot camp with 90 other morons. So if you took 90 of you and put you all out here, I'm not calling you all morons because you all good guys. But if we all stood here and I was your age, I was your age at one time. You might not believe that, but I really was. Uh, I was sitting there in a crowd of people just like this. 
and there's a senior chief right there. And I'm looking at all these people. I'm like, you bunch of idiots. I said, y'all like me. I said, but that's what I want to be right there. And you, none of you can tell me how to get there. But he can. I think I'll just listen to him. Now, I didn't kiss his feet. I didn't do none. I just listened to the guy. He said, Mike, you do this, 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 and, and you'll be okay. He gave me small little things to do, and I did the small little things. And all of a sudden, everything started working out. And what I watched is the Lord started directing my paths. And then, then down the road a ways, I'd come to another fork in the road. And it was a way where, but I wasn't tied up no more. Now I can sit there and make the choice. You know what the hardest thing you'll ever do in life is make those choices. We can tell you, don't do this, don't do this, but you got to get to the place where you make the choice. And I was like, I had to learn. I had to learn some things down through that path, and sometimes I made the wrong choice. And I'd go a little bit further, and the Lord would give me another set of choices to get me back over here where I needed to be. And, I, I, and eventually I learned how to make some of those choices. And then I watched the doors start opening up, and God started using me and let me tell somebody else about Jesus Christ and what he had done for me. And, and it just kept going, and I was that donkey. You know what the Lord was looking for as a donkey? And he used me, now I've got to be like one of those disciples. This world's exciting, brother. I'm telling you, it's exciting. Your path is totally different than mine. It's going to be totally different than Dr. Peacock's or anybody else's. It's totally different. But it's exciting when you get in with Jesus Christ. I get to go to schools. I get to go to satellite stations. I get to go out on ship. First time I went out to, ship on a sea, uh, to sea on a ship, I thought I was going to die. I'm a sailor. You would think I would love that. No, no, I'm scared to death. Until I got out there. They that go down the sea in ships. Man, I was scared. I'm going out into the big blue wet thing. That's the ocean, by the way, the big thing out there. And I'm on the ship, and we're going out there. And I got my cup of coffee. The only thing I got left is a cup of coffee. You're done taking drugs and all that stuff away from me, pretty much. I got my coffee, and, and I still smoked cigarettes at the time. And I got my coffee, and I'm, and I'm out on the ship. I'm looking. The ship's doing this. I'm just riding it. All of a sudden, it, it's like, this is cool, man. I mean, I'm out in the ocean. I mean, it's better than going on a little bitty cruise liner. I mean, cruise, I'm out there. We got missiles and we got everything. That, that's what I wanted to be my whole life. Now, brother, what are you missing serving Jesus Christ? You think you're going to miss something? You know what he did? He was teaching me all the way through my life that as, as he was using what I really want to do, you know what's wrong? I'm telling you, what's wrong with you is you won't do what you think you should do. You let somebody talk you out of it. I had nobody. I, man, my whole family tried to talk me out of going to the Navy. I said, you guys are nuts, man. I, I signed. I didn't ask nobody to join the Navy, by the way. I just did it. You say, well, that's rebellious. No, that's what I wanted to do. The door opened up, and I did it. I didn't give anybody time to talk me out of it. And I still to this day think that was God's perfect will for my life. And when I got to a place, you know, he gave me a wife out of that thing. I got five kids. I got four grandkids. I got, I got to be pastor of a church. I got to watch some people grow. Hey, I get to be part of a camp. I never had a camp when I was a kid. Man, I, the only place they sent me was to jail. You guys are lucky, man. Unless maybe some of y'all been to jail. I don't know. <laughs> My dad, man, you know what? He gave me a dad. My dad was a drunk. You know, the Lord taught me how to love him. You say, well, I, you know, he says, if you can't love your brother, your, your mother and father, you've you got a problem. You've got to learn how to love. You know what he has to teach you sometimes is how to love. And he says, disciples. Those two disciples started in my life and started teaching me some stuff. And then God started putting other men, preachers and teachers around me. 
But along the way, I had to make some choices. You guys, here you are, you're making choices. You gotta make choices, and sometimes the people around you aren't gonna help you make those choices. What you got here is you got a group of people here that can help you. Uh, you got a peer group that's around you. You ought to pick the good ones out and hang with them. Uh, you, you guys that are morons, man, you ought to look at the good guys and say, I want to be like them. You know what I always wanted to be? It was a good guy. I was tired of being a bad one. But I didn't know how to become good. And the Lord said, hey, I'll show you. You know what he was doing? He was riding me the whole time. <laughs> but the load kept getting lighter and lighter and lighter, and pretty soon we were walking together. And he treated me like he loved me. And I met somebody that, that I never had met before in my life. You know, I was willing not to ever get married. I got a, I got a beautiful wife, man. She loves me to death. I don't know why she does, but I, I was willing to stay single. I said, Lord, I said, I'm a mess. I know I'm a mess. And there ain't nobody out there that ever loved me. I said, I, don't, I still don't understand why you love me. But you do. I said, just be in the Navy, man. I just, I'm still in the Navy. He said, hey, Mark, let's go. You know, the Lord said, hey, let's go on the ship, man. You say, oh, he didn't say Sure he did. I was on the side of the ship looking over nothing. Everybody come get their husbands, take them home. I didn't have nobody. I said, I sit there hurting inside. You don't think we hurt? Hey, guys, we hurt just like you do. We know the pain. The thing is, is we've been through some things in life, and we know how to deal with them. We're trying to help you. We're the disciples that's coming to a place where two roads met, two ways met. And you're tied there. We're trying to tell you how to get beyond that place. And you can move on. You know what these preachers did all week? They tried to tell you how the Lord wants to unloose you from that place, and he wants to use you. He wants to come in. And he's looking for a donkey to let him ride, ride him in. The question is, will you be that donkey? You know, I, I sometimes say, well, Lord, you're done with me. He's not done with me. He's not going to be done with me till I'm dead. Now, I tell you what, man, I'm an electronic technician by trade. I used to be able to, in the day, I could tear stuff down and put it back together. When I look at this sky out there and I look at the stars and I look at the moon and I look at everything at nighttime, you ought to go out to see a ship at nighttime in the middle of the ocean when it's pitch black. You go outside, you can't see nothing. I mean, it's pitch black. You can't see the hand in front of your face. You shut that door. You take that hand, put it up here, touch your nose, and you're still looking. You can't see your hand. That's if that close to your hand. You can't see it. You just know if you keep walking, you're going to fall over the side of the ship, and you're going to be gone. So what you do is you grab that door, and you hold on to it, and you walk about three feet over, and you grab the handrail. And once you got a good hold on the handrail, you put your other hand on, and you just sit there and hold yourself. And you just sit there and wait. <laughs> Act like Popeye, man. Yeah, this is cool, man. This is cool. Arr! And you start looking up at the sky, and you see the, the water rushing off the side of the ship. And, and it, it starts glistening and glowing, and, and little phosphorus stuff goes through it, and you see a fish swim up and glow off to the side. Pretty soon your eyes start seeing a little bit, and you start seeing a speck here in the sky every now and then. And um, pretty soon there's like a billion, trillion stars out there. And you start seeing that and say, that's all God stuff, man. And one of these days I get, what am I missing? I'm stuck here, man. I get stuck on this planet, and there's everything out there, and that's where I want to be. But the Lord says, but I need some disciples down here, some donkeys down here to do something for me for a while. He goes, It'll be, you'll get it, man. You'll get it in time. But right now, you just need, you know what my job is? Is to help you guys. If I could help you get beyond this world, this world wants to tell you, oh, hey, there's nothing wrong. If you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, you want to be whatever you want to be, Jesus Christ first. You can be anything you want to be. Jesus Christ first. Amen. Guess what he says? Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on that. This is one of my verses I'll sign your Bible with. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct that path. You know what I found out in 43 years? He'll direct your path. 
He didn't mind. I'm no different than you. He's not a respecter of any person. If he did that to me at 22 years old, a guy that messed up his life and thought it was over, and he could take a donkey tied up somewhere and he could use him, he could use you. And guess what? You can have fun on the way. This thing where Christianity is just, oh, it's, they're going to take everything from me. Have you ever thought that maybe what they're taking from you is useless anyways? <laughs> the stuff you do, man, I'm t- I did it all, man. I've had every car that you could buy. If I had the cars that I had when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I'd be a wealthy man. I had, I had a 62, a 63, and a 65 Chevy 2 Nova SS. I had a 62 Chevy 2 Nova that I dropped a 327 three-speed down in. That car flew, man. I had a 68 Mustang. I had a 68 Camaro SS302 four-speed Mustang with blue stripes down in a fender, a fin on the back. I had cars, man. I was not happy. I mean, I didn't get happy to, man, that night on that back porch when I got saved, I didn't even know what happened there. I, I was like, I went out there and said, I don't blame you. I sit there. I, I sit there, man. I sit there. Have you ever heard my testimony? I sit on that back porch. I can still see me sitting there. And I sit there and sit there and say, man, I'm just a mess. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I said, that book is right. I'm a mess. And uh, I was waiting for him to come sit next to me. I mean, I was really, you, you, you think I'm crazy, man. I mean, that's, I was just waiting for him to come sit next to me. I'm all by myself. I didn't have nobody to help me. I was by myself in a Bible. I sit there for two hours. I, I thought he was going to land in my garden back there for some reason. I don't know why. And there's a gate, man. Every time the gate opens, it just goes, squeak. Pitch black outside. I thought the gate was going to open up, and I'd hear this, and I knew the Lord was going to come over and sit down and tell me what I needed to do. He never came. I sit there for two hours. After two hours, I said, hey, I don't blame you. I, would, I wouldn't have come either, man. I said, it's not your fault. I wouldn't have done it. And I went back to bed, best night's sleep I ever had. Then uh, three weeks later, somebody asked me to go do some drugs. I said, man, I haven't done drugs today yet or yesterday. And I went back that night on the back porch. I'm like, what in the world did you do? I said, whoa, whoa. You know what he does? He does little things in your life to start showing you. That wasn't a little, by the way. That was huge for me. But he does these little things to get you to start trusting him. And if you don't ever let, let him do those things in your life, you'll never get to the place where you trust him. I'm trying to tell you how you can have a walk with Jesus. It's easy. You trust him in the little things. Something will come up and, and this little thought in your mind will say, no, nah, I shouldn't do that. Then don't do it. You know what you just did? You trusted him. And then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And you just trust him. And, and you say, okay, and then, then down the road something else will happen. And, and pretty soon something else will happen. Man, I was out there on them ships and loved it. And then one day the Lord said, hey, it's, you know, he sent me to Bible college. I got, I got orders to Bible college, the Bible college I wanted to go to. The United States Navy sent me to my Bible college. The weirdest way. I ain't going to tell you how it happened. Come see me. So I'll tell you, man. Weird. I had to bring my wife over to France and lose my ship and have to go around Europe all over the place on my own and fly in planes and go down in Sigonella and over here in Marseille and Toulon, France and then end up in Rota, Spain. And I got to do everything. Man, I got to go all over the place. You're talking about a missionary, man. I, I thought that's what God was going to make me be as a missionary. I, I got to go everywhere. I didn't miss anything. Brother, you're not missing nothing serving Jesus Christ. If you get under, you get to be that donkey and you say, Lord, ride me as long as you want to ride me. And what you'll do is he'll put you in some of the strangest places. 
He used a desire in my heart to get me where he wanted me to be. And when he got there, he trained me. And in 1984, I finished Bible college, and he said, hey, Mike, I mean, I was at the pinnacle of my career. I had everything going for me. I could have been an officer easy. I had two aircraft carriers. Uh, you wouldn't understand any part of that, but there was two aircraft carriers out in San Diego. The detailer told me, don't ask me for nothing. Don't ask. He didn't say, don't ask me for a tugboat or, or some little tin can. He said, don't ask me for a cruiser. Don't ask me for a destroyer. Don't ask me for a submarine. He said, you've been hand-trained to go on an aircraft carrier flight deck. That's where you're going. And it's like the Lord said, okay, Mike, you've trained 14 years. 14 years. I told the Blue Angels in Pensacola, Florida, they used the equipment at the airstrip. I had 54 techs. For, I ran three strips down in Pensacola, Florida. That's what my job was. These other guys, Joe always says, you didn't have no PBI experience like we did. No, I didn't. I kicked back. I had 54 guys working for me. I'd do whatever I want all day long. They, they work, them other guys, man, all my, ask Brother Miles, wherever he's at back here. He knows what a PBI experience is. I didn't have, I had sprinklers in my front yard. I didn't even know what sprinklers were until I got that front yard. Then I all of a sudden realized what they were, and then I'm running around the yard trying to figure out who, what kind of idiot turned these things on. It was me, I turned them on, I didn't know how. I just seen all these valves in the ground, I turned them on, and these sprinkler heads started popping up in the yard. And I was like, brother, you don't miss anything. I'm telling you, you don't miss a thing. You know what I realized is that the Lord loved me. Jesus is coming in. He's looking for somebody. He knows how he's coming in. He knows. He knows exactly how he's coming in. He told those, see, here's, here's a little lesson here. He told those guys, go into this town. And he goes, at this certain spot, you're going to find a donkey. And he goes, that donkey's going to be tied up. Those guys probably didn't even know that spot existed. He goes, that, and there's going to be a donkey there. As a matter of fact, there's going to be some people that, that are going to ask you why you're untying that donkey. And you're going to tell them the Lord has need of them, and they're going to say, go for it. You know what he's telling you? I know everything about you, and I know everything you're going to do, and everywhere you're going to go. And I'm going to tell you, if you trust me, I'll get you right where you need to be, and, and it'll work out exactly like I said. And you'll look back at this thing. i got a wife that loves me to death. I couldn't have found You figure 7.5 billion people on this planet. 7.5 billion. Now, if you started counting today, right now, one, two, three, four, five, six. You did that eight hours a day, seven days a week. I think the mathematical formula is after 18 years, you'll get to one billion. 7.5. What's the chances of finding somebody who loves you on this planet? It's astronomical. Lord brought me right to a house, and my wife walked in, and we fell in love right off almost a bat, and next thing you know, we're married. She said, I can't have no kids. You know, she we was talking a few minutes ago before. She had done giving up on getting married because she couldn't find the right guy either, and she said she's going to be a eunuch for Jesus. I was out on a ship out there somewhere saying, I can't find the right guy, girl, either. I don't want the right guy. Don't give me the right guy. <laughs> Scratch that. Cut it, man. Hey, you guys work for me at church. If you don't, I'm gonna, I'll preach on you on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I said, there ain't no way I'm going to find the right lady. There, I can't do it. It's too, too many people. I said, Lord, I'm always out on these ships. I'll, I'll just stay out here and tell them about you. If that's what I got to do, that's what I'll do, man. That's what I'll do. And lo and behold, I end up up here, up in Dayton, Ohio, and here's my wife, and we meet each other, and, and we're just friends. And the next thing you know, the Lord said, hey, you stupid idiot, what about that one? 
And I'm like, man, is she cute? I got her picture. I don't have my phone, but I got her picture on my phone the day we got married. It's still on my phone. She looks the same to me. They all say that my eyes are all glossy and I can't see anymore and blind or something. But she still looks the same as she did when we got married 33 years ago. You know what that was? That was the Lord. I tell people all the time, wait, wait on God. Wait on the Lord. I say, wait, be still and know that I'm God. You know what you need to do? You need to find out that, hey, you know what, a, a, a rodeo, anybody ever been to a rodeo? You ever see them ride them horses and they get thrown off? And they ride the bulls and they get thrown off? And all that stuff, they get thrown off? You know, after a while, if you can stay on that thing long enough, that, that thing will break out and you can ride that thing forever. And I don't know a bull, if that, it'll ever work that way with a bull, but a horse is that way. You know what you got to do sometimes? You got you to sit there and wait till the Lord breaks you to get you where you're at, where you'll listen. There's so many of us that we think we can do it ourselves, and you can't. It's, it's the number, the, the mathematical formula for that is it's impossible. You cannot figure this thing out. I have quit trying to figure it out. I just go along for the ride. And I'm telling you what, it is such a ride. One of the, I got, my daughter sits right, I love her to death. I love all my daughters. I got four daughters there tonight. I love them all, man. I got a son, I love them. I got four grandkids, I love them to death. I got friends. Dr. Peacock's, how in the world he ever become his friend? I have no idea. Not me. Yet I am. Brother Reagan, Joe, be a Joe. Everything you sit here and look at it, say, Lord, I've had a blast in the last 43 years. I get to do, I get to do what I want to do. That's anything. If I want to jump on a plane, you ask my kids. I buy cars and sell them every now and then. Get a few extra bucks so I can give my money to my wife. I don't get nothing. They, the check they give to my wife, I don't get nothing. My wife gets everything. My wife has a better credit score than I got. How, how does that work? She don't work. I don't figure that out, man. But that's okay. I, I found a truck and I, I just flew out to Salt Lake City, Utah. Don't have nothing else to do. Take me a stack of tracks, man. I go buy me a pickup truck out in Utah and drive it back. Sell it, go buy me another one. You say, why do you do that? Get a few bucks. The Lord's always provided. I don't need, brethren, I'm telling you, you're not missing a thing. You're not missing a thing. Serving Jesus Christ is one of the most exciting things you'll ever do. If it, all it is to you is just, I can't do this, and I can't do this. He talked about all those stories about all those kids. You know what happened to those kids? They never, they never did what they should do. They should have just followed Jesus. Well, I thank, God, I thank God he found me in 1980. I'm, I thank God that somehow he put a Bible in my attic and I found that little King James Bible. I'm just, I thank God for that. I thank God that he had some men out there and some women out there that would still tell people about Jesus Christ. There was an old lady that lived next to me. She wasn't the greatest Christian in the whole wide world, Jeannie Vitito. Uh, I mean, she'd come out, she'd beat us up all the time. And I mean, I was a little Catholic guy next door and I caused more trouble than anybody else around. And, I mean, she'd come out with switches and whip us all over the place. And that's my next door neighbor. They do that anymore, they lock them up for child abuse. I heard she passed away. I was up in Dayton. She died down in Louisville, Kentucky, outside of Louisville a little ways. And something inside said, you need to go down there. And I drove all the way down there. And my mom got mad at me because I walked in to see my mom and left. And she goes, you, you walk in here for two minutes and then you go to Jeannie's funeral. Yeah, she's dead. You're not. I said, so, so I go out there and I walk in. The funeral's there. And, and, and the pastor of this big Southern Baptist church is there. And he can't believe that some guy, the pastor of a church in Dayton, Ohio, would drive all the way to... Shepherdsville, Kentucky, for somebody to just go to their funeral. 
And uh, so I went up to the, the funeral director and I said, hey, uh, I would like to say something uh, about Jeannie if I could. He says, well, you, you need to go ask the pastor. And I said, okay. So they had already moved to another church by then and then she passed away. So here's the guy and the lady standing there. So I go up to the guy and said, hey, sir, you know, I, I, I'm, my name's Mike Elliott, pastor of Anchor Baptist Church at Dayton, Ohio. And I said, I grew up next to Jeannie. I said, would I, could I say something about Jeannie? He goes, oh, you got to ask my wife. She's the pastor. I'm like, you got to be joking. I said, okay. Went in Rome, do as the Romans, be wise as some Romans. I said, ma'am, could I? She goes, well, we got to ask. We got to ask the family members because we don't want them. They didn't know I was there yet. And she went up to Roger and Mike, two boys I grew up with. And they said, hey, uh, there's a guy here named Mickey. I said, just tell him Mickey's here. And boy, you, yeah, they come around, the whole family come around. Oh, we were praying that you would come. I thank God for that lady. Man, I caused them more trouble than anybody you could ever shake a stick at. And they stuck with me and helped me. And they did take me to some Southern Baptist uh, vacation Bible schools and all that other stuff. And somewhere in there, I got enough to where that night on the back porch, I got saved. And I'm telling you, man, it's been, it's been a blast. I got a brother right back here, Dennis Miles. Me and him went to school together. One of them guys all looked like geniuses to me. I, was like the, I felt like I was a class clown, the idiot. I come out of that school thinking, I, I was like, Lord, I don't know nothing, man. <laughs> These guys are all like Greek scholars and, and, and Hebrew scholars and Bible scholars, and I'm just like. <laughs> and I look and I see Dennis, man, and I'm like, here's almost 30 years ago, man. We're still both here. What a blessing, man. I still got a brother that I went to school with that we're still out there serving Jesus Christ. You're not missing anything, by the way. I could go on and on and on. When the Lord told me to get out of the Navy, you know what he told me? I was sitting there at my desk in Pensacola, Florida, and the detailer told me there's two carriers out there. This is it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Don't ask for nothing else. You've been trained for that. He run through my career. He said, this is what you've been trained for. And the Lord, it was like the Lord saying, Mike, there they are. That's what you've been working for. You know, a lot of times we work for things in life, and we think those things are going to give you happiness. They don't give you happiness. Now, if the Lord would have allowed that to come in my life maybe five or six years earlier, I probably wouldn't have caught what he was teaching me there. But, but I knew that on those ships out there and all through the Navy, he was with me everywhere I went. I mean, it was like buddies. And everywhere I went, he was there and I was working on something. He was right there with me and me and him talking and I witnessed to somebody he's right there. We got to start a, sh a church, King James Bible Baptist Church service on a USS Ponce on a ship. Navy ship. They called it the King James Bible Baptist Church. That was cool as anything. Anyways, I'm, I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, uh, what do I do? I'm, I'm praying about the thing. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? There was people that would die to have those two carriers offered to them. I didn't care. I cared more about him than I did that. And he goes, Mike, there it is. There's your, it's just like the Holy Spirit just thought through my head. There they are. There's your, that's what you've been working for your whole life. That, that, that is the pinnacle of your career. You take those, either one of those ships and you succeed, and you will succeed. You will succeed. I already knew I was going to succeed if I took one of those ships. I already knew it. I succeeded up to that point. Why wouldn't I continue on with the Lord Jesus Christ? Why not? And I'm sitting there going, and he goes, but. I'm like, ah, here's the but. There's always a but. What's the but? He says, it won't be the same as it was before. I'm going that way, by the way, but. I'll still be there with you, but it won't be the same. And I'm like, well, I ain't going that way then if you ain't going to go there with me. 
Not like, not like you've been, man. I mean, no, no. You know what I'd learned already? It's better to be with him and not knowing where you're going than to go somewhere and him not be there. Now, I don't know about you, but I like being around where he's at because I've watched him do some really crazy things. And he'll do some things like you. I, could, I mean, little things. They aren't always big things. They're little things sometimes. I'm on this stupid diet, and I'm trying to lose some weight. And I go into this bed site one day, just recently, and they, they want you to eat all this stupid food. And to you, it might be, well, it's healthy food. I, if it's not pizza with lots of grease on it, it's not healthy to me. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I just like. And I know that's probably wrong, and I'm going to get something here in a few minutes to yell at, but that's okay. I mean, I like, I like, I like, I like pancakes like this high. That has never changed in my life. I, I like that. I like ice cream by the gallon. But I know that ain't going to work for me. So uh, anyways, I go into this bed site and I'm buying some stuff and I'm leaving. And here's a skid of stuff laying there on the bed site on the way out. And, and I asked the guy, because I'm just always looking for, I'm a Jacob. I'm looking for the good deal every time I go out anywhere. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a problem I got. I, I'm, I'm just pathetic is what it is. But I'm sitting there going, what is this stuff here by the door? And they go, oh, some guy just bought that whole skid of skinny spaghetti. I'm like, but why did he take it all? That's the next question you should ask. I mean, I don't, why did he take it all? Oh, he got off what he wanted, and he said anybody who wants it can have all they, all they want for free. <laughs> for free? <laughs> I didn't even know what it was, but it's free. Who cares? So I load it up. I go get my dolly, man. I take seven cases, eight cases to my truck. That's the spaghetti I eat on my diet. How was I supposed to know that, that would, they were going to give it to me? You know what? That, I did what the Lord told me to do. He told me to lose some weight. My doctors told me I had Osgood slaughter. Now, that don't sound good. If you're a doctor, you know what that means. But, I mean, to me, it was like, ugh. That, like, that sounds like something terrible. It sounds like some flesh-eating disease or something. I mean, what is Osgood slaughter? And he told me, he said, your knee is, is you're wearing your knee out, man. You're wearing a ligament across your knee out, and, and, and you're going to, it's going to shred the whole thing. And, and in my head, the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you moron, if you don't lose some weight, you're going to be in a wheelchair. I'm like, I'm going to lose some weight. You know what the key to serving Jesus Christ is? Everybody says, I want the victory. I'm going to tell you what the victory is. It's easy. It's easy, really. You're going to be in a wheelchair moron unless you lose some weight. I'm losing weight. Why fight with him? Why would you want to even fight with Jesus Christ? Let me ask you a question. Can anybody in here build me a universe like right now? Can, can you make a star like right now? Just anybody, real quick. How about a moon? Then why would you want to fight with him? You know what I want to do? I just want to listen to what he says. I don't know about I like sometimes I like reading my Bible. I really do like it. Because you sit there and read it, man. You read the same stories over. I read it twice a year now. And you read the same thing over and over. But it's fresh every time, man. I'm like, Jacob, man, you're stupid. Why don't you just do the right thing? Wouldn't it be nice if the Bible would update itself <laughs> and, he, and actually gets it right? He did get it right. One day Jacob died, and he got it right. <laughs> One day I'm going to die, and I'm going to get it right. But I don't know when that day's coming, and nor do you. You don't want to end up like one of the young people that, and I had a bunch of friends that ended up like that too. You don't want to end up like that. There's no need to. It's a whole lot more fun. I had, I tell you, 22, I gave that life up. And I am now going on 65 this year. I'll be 65. And I've, I've had 22, 30, 30, 43 years of, of a blast. Just a blast. 
And it makes me more and more every day look forward to heaven. And sometimes, you know, you think at 65 you've arrived. No, you didn't. Take your Bibles, go to 1 John. I'll be done right here. 1 John. This is a treasure now. We, we're talking about treasures. You know what the Lord has done for me over 43 years? He's magnified that treasure inside me. And he showed me the value of, of him with me and around me. And, and, and he got to use me a couple little things every now and then I got to do. 1 John chapter 3. And I'll be done right here. Maybe. I don't know. Hey, I tell them at church all the time I'll be done. They laugh at me anymore. What do you do with that stuff? I don't know. John, 1 John chapter 3 says, Behold. You ever read your Bible and it just like talks to you? <laughs> this one does to me. I like this thing, man. This is the coolest thing in the world. I, I was a technician. I love tech manuals. I had rooms full of tech manuals. And I knew that the tech manuals would tell me how to fix stuff. People say, how do you fix stuff? You tell me what's wrong, I'll go look in the book. If that's what the book says it's supposed to do, I'll make it do that. Don't ask me how to operate anything. I can't operate a toothbrush. I cut myself with a razor on the way. I mean, blood just gushing out all over the place. And I'm sitting here, you think I'm joking, man. I got, I got the rags here to prove it, man. Look at that, man. That was just before I got up here and preached. I mean, blood gushing all over the place. I can't operate a razor. It's pretty bad. Dr. Peacock looks at me and says, you're a technician, you can fix everything, and you can't operate a phone. No. He comes out the door, man. He's got like three phones over here, one over here, and he's got headphones on. He doesn't have headphones on. I won't say he don't like headphones. But he's talking and all this stuff, and he's doing this stuff and doing this stuff. I can't do that. But you tell me something's broke, I can pull a book out. I can look at the book. I say, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to do that, man. All the texts say, oh, no, it ain't. No, I say, no, no, that's what the book says. The book says right here, man. It's supposed to do that. I can read those books like you read hieroglyphics, man. I just, I could see them. I could, I knew exactly what book. I didn't have to know all the book. I just had to know that this book is for that equipment and, and this section of that book is for this area and open that thing up and scab schematic all to the back wall there and, and you're sitting there looking, yep, that's what it's supposed to do. I'll figure it out, man. I'm, I'll make it do that. Why, why it did what it's supposed to, I don't know. You just said it's supposed to do that. Supposed to have a little lizard you are. It. There's your lizard do. I don't know what your lizard do does for you, but there it is. Now leave me alone. <laughs> and they would until something else broke. Elliot! <laughs> and they said, This is broke again, or this over here is broke, or that's broke, or this is broke, or that's broke. First John. Man, I tell you what, that's all I did was fix stuff. That's all I do now. It's a, it's a, it's a disease, man. <laughs> Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world, you ever wondered why the world thinks you're nuts? <laughs> you get close to Jesus Christ, man, they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're out of your mind. I'm okay, I am. I like it, man. Don't wake me up. He said, therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I am that right now. I got saved, it says, over in First John, uh, John chapter 1, uh, chapter 3, Nicodemus talking, he goes, Lord looks in and says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he says again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then another place over there, it says that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I'm like, man, half of me is already there. I can't wait till the other half gets there. And then I start seeing where John, over in Revelation chapter 4, he gets up to heaven and and, and it says the 12 disciples and the 12 elders. And, and I'm like, John's looking at himself, man. I said, the 12 disciples, they're, the, they're going to be judging the tribes. And the 12 disciples, one of them is John. And John's looking at himself. And I said, no wonder he's freaking out. 
I'd freak out too if I got to heaven and seen me sitting there. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, you showed him. And then Paul gets called. He said, a new man about 14 years ago with anybody else. Such one called to the third heaven. He got to go up to heaven and seen himself up there. I said, Lord, half of me is up there. He goes, Mike, the other half is down here with you right now. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. Do you not understand what you have? Let me ask you, young people, are you saved? Do you not know what you have? You got God in you. I got, I, this treasure is in me. What a, what a earthen vessel for him to choose to put it into. Could you believe that in me, man? I got, I'm a son of God. I'm, I'm a child of the king. St. <laughs> Michael, by the way. <laughs> I got a verse for that. I don't have to be Catholic and wait 30 years to die and have two miracles happen after I'm dead. St. Michael. Yes, that's me, man. I like being St. Michael. Why not act like it if that's the truth? Why wait to heaven before? He goes, Mike, he said, you got to go, I got to go all around the world, man. I've seen Dr. Peacock a lot of times before he ever even knew I existed. Man, I've been to a lot of camp meetings. They were talking about Carl, Dr. Carl Lackey last night. I was sitting in those camp meetings in 1984, 85, 87, down there in White Plains. I was watching all these guys come through preaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I, I seen him run. I've seen, I seen all of them. I've seen Brother Lentz run. I mean, run across the top of pews, man. I'm like, these guys are nuts, man. They're crazy. It's cool. I thought it was cool. They're better Navy SEALs. Most of my friends are Navy SEALs. We're in the Navy. These guys were crazier than that. I like that, man. I like Harry Nix. I don't know if y'all ever knew Harry Nix or not, but boy, man, I, I couldn't understand a word that guy ever said. First time I heard him, I'm like, what is that? Hey, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I know I'm from Kentucky. I really do. What is that? I never seen. You know, you get into church sometimes, man. You see some things you never see nowhere else. Great things, man. It's cool. After a while, I started interpreting. For, Holy Spirit was interpreting. You know, He changed this stuff in the air, and I started. I said, man, Brother Nix is a pretty good preacher. I like that, man. Gary Duty. I got to watch all them guys. I said, man, I I want to be like them. I want to be just like them guys. Them guys right there, them guys. Then Dr. Rubin come here. Oh, whoo. Man, that guy was like, the, he was like the, the icing on the cake for me. I said, man, that guy, he, he knows who I know. He knows my friend. All he, he's talking about my friend there. He's talking about my friend. I, that's why, I, that's my friend. Is Jesus your friend today? He's lying. Watch this, I'm done. Verse 2. Below, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. You know, the Lord told me, he said, Mike, I'm not done with you yet. If I were done with you, you would be with me. He said, I still got some more stuff to do with you. And guess what? He hasn't told me what that is yet either. Because he knows if he did, he'd scare me to death. But he says, I'm not done with you. Just like he told those two guys, his two disciples, he said, I want you to go to a certain place, and you're going to find a donkey sitting there. You know what I know now after 43 years? That I don't have to question him on everything he does. Amen. All I have to do is go where he tells me to go and do what he tells me to do. Yeah. And smile and wave. <laughs> and be happy. And be joyful. I still don't think I'm a very good preacher. 
I don't, like tonight, Brother Joe asked me to preach, and I, I was, I'd have been perfectly happy not to. Dr. Peacock would probably kill me. I was bleeding all over the place. I tried to get out of it. I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. He said, shut up. <laughs> but really, I, I don't think I'm very good. I don't think I, there's better preachers than me around. But you don't love Jesus no more than I do. I can tell you that. You may love him just as much, but you don't love him anymore. My question to you tonight is, do you love him? He's not done with you. He may have not even got started with you yet. You may still be that donkey at a road where two, two ways meet. And you're sitting there going, what do I do tonight? What do I do tonight, Lord? What do I do tonight? You know what I did? I said, I'm going to throw this way out the window. And he loosed me, and I think I'm going to go that way. And I have tried to do that for the last 43 years, whatever way he said go, just go that way. And I'm telling you, as, as, and I've had, I've had everything I've ever wanted. I would rather have Jesus than silver or gold. There's nothing more I want. I'm telling I got everything. The only thing I want, I tell people this all the time, and, and I know it says that I'm going to get treasures in heaven and all that other stuff. My treasure in heaven is him. I've done told him you can give my treasures to other people. The streets are gold. To me, I mean, I know the treasure he has has got a value to it, and it means something. I know that, and I don't understand that. And when I get there, I'll understand that, and I'll really appreciate what he gives me, but that's not what I do what I do for I do it for him because of what he's done for me. He found me when I was lost and undone. He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. He goes, Mike, that's you. Do you want me to ride you like a donkey? I'm like, yes! I'd rather have him on my back than anything. I like it. Do you like it? Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, we pray that you be Dr. Peacock as he comes up and preaches to us in a few minutes here too. Lord, help us to help these young people, Lord, see that life with you is, is a, such a blessing. Lord, it's, it's, a, it's a journey, Lord. It's, a, it's, it's better than anything this world ever has to offer. And Lord, after 43 years, Lord, of walking with you and talking with you, and Lord, all the messes I've been in in my life and all the other things, Lord, that you helped work out and all that other stuff, Lord, I'd still rather have you than anything this world offers. Uh, bless this service, Father, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.